Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. I, uh, I'm excited to be here today. My name is Judge Brown. I'm not a judge, just so some of you know. Um, it's my name and not my title. My family always said I was sober as a judge and serious all the time when I was a baby, so this name stuck to me, so here I am. Uh, we're very excited to be here, and Pastor Zach and I, uh, like she said, we've been good friends for, for a good little while, and I uh, just really love him. I saw some pictures yesterday. He's eating a lot of crawfish, uh, so I think it's a Cajun thing, so... I know they're having a great time and going to have a great move of God. And I love the name of this church, Celebration. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I thought, man, there's got to be a lot of happy people here. There's got to be a lot of happy people here. Celebration Church. Well, my wife is not with me today, and, uh, and one of my, two of my sons, sorry, it's, I'm trying to keep track of all of them. Um, the Bible said, be fruitful and multiply, and I took it literally. So we have, um, but... We have uh, uh, Gabriel, who just sang. He's going to be 17, or he is 17, going to be 18. Uh, finished high school early, already got an associate's degree, and uh, so he'll graduate two, two graduations this year from Eastern Gateway College and from high school. So good job. <laughs> Caleb, wave Caleb. Caleb is 14, and uh, he's excited about driving, big basketball player and football player. That's Caleb. And this is Elizabeth. Say hi, Elizabeth. All right, this is Elizabeth, and she is, you're 11, right? 11? Okay, she's 11. And then we have uh, Josiah. He is, um, he's going to be 12, so he's almost 12 years old uh, this month. And then uh, my wife turned 40 and got a, got a surprise blessing. And so we have a four-month-old baby boy. So one in college, one in diapers. Oh, yeah. So uh, she has to kind of keep him away from large crowds for until he gets a little bit bigger. So hopefully next time they'll they'll be with us. But he's uh, he's the cutest little feller. You can see him on our Facebook page because we're posting pictures of him all the time on there. So, uh, but works out. His name is Isaiah, and so he's he's awesome. He's already trying to talk. So he's got a preacher on him in him already. Amen. And of course, my wife, uh, we love, you know, I love her so much. We, uh, this is going on uh, 19 years of marriage for my wife and I, and uh, we've known each other since I was about 11 years old, so we've been together a good long time and have done ministry together for a long time, and so I'm just thankful. I'm a blessed man. Man, praise God. I have a lot to be thankful for, and so I, I'm thankful for that. Um, we also serve at the TCT Network, and so it's just right across down the road here on Akron, uh, in Akron on Britain Road. Uh, some of you have been there. The, the college has been there. Some of you have served. Yeah, all right. Uh, to be a part of our, our, our worldwide prayer ministry that's there. Uh, our founders, Garth and Tina, started the ministry. This May will be 40 years ago that TCT has been in existence. And uh, we serve about 60 million households across the United States. And, and uh, we're so excited for their faithfulness of what God has done through their lives. And uh, we love to just be a part of that. And, of course, I have to put my plug in there. So if you've not been over there yet, I want to personally invite you to come and be a part, uh, to check out our prayer center. 
Uh, maybe you want to be a part of that if you have some time to volunteer and be a part. Um, also, we have production. We do live shows on Tuesday nights. Pastor Zach and Pastor Heather has been a part of that, uh, airing around the nation. And so we, uh, we're just so excited for the partnership. But you're my personal guest, so I'm inviting you. So come on out. I'll give you a tour of the studio, show you around, introduce you to the staff. Uh, next week, the March 6th to the 10th, we're in our partnership week. So we'll have guests starting Monday night through Friday night from starting at 7 o'clock. There'll be guests flying in from all over the country, um, different genres of music and preachers and singing. It's just going to be uh, great. So you're welcome to be my guest as well for the live studio audience if you'd love to come out and be a part of that any week of March 6th to the 10th. So Pastor Zach said I could put that plug in, so I did. So I, I, hope, that, uh, I hope that maybe you'll come out and check it out. Amen? You know, I love church, and it, feel, it feels so good to be part of a church and to be wanted and be included. It's like the guy who went into the post office the other day, and he saw his picture on the wall, and he said, man, it feels so good to be wanted, you know, and uh, some of you got that. That's good. Okay. Uh, I know. That was cheesy, but, <clears throat> you know, it's good to pay attention in church. It's good to uh, be involved and to be included. You know, the pastor was raising some money for the building fund, and he said, whoever gives the most money today... Uh, we'll get to pick the three hymns in the service today. And so, um, and so what happened was this little sweet lady from the back back there came all the way up to the front. She gave $1,000. And, man, that was great. The pastor said, well, says you, you've given the most money, so you get to pick the three hymns for the service today. So she turned and looked at the crowd and said, well, I'll, I'll take him and him and him. But, okay, well, maybe she wasn't listening very closely, but... Uh, talking about the song so we we got to pay attention in church y'all so anyways it's uh it's good stuff amen so we're excited to be here and uh, if you would this morning we just wanted to just kind of pray and just ask the lord just to join us over the next few minutes father we just thank you we give you the praise and we give you the glory we thank you for your presence in this lord we thank you for this worship team who has just plowed through the atmosphere today and brought your presence in such a real way we thank you for the offering sermon lord that powerful anointed word and we thank you for everything that's being said and done i thank you that it's not by accident that people are in this room today that god you're doing a new thing and you're speaking to our hearts and there's a refreshing there's a change coming in our lives and we thank you for it and father we choose to decrease that you may increase we ask lord that you would just move by your holy spirit in the name of jesus we pray and everybody said amen Amen and amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope you do, some, some have uh, iPhones and things like that, that's fine as long as you're only on the Bible app. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 10. <laughs> you know I had to say it, right? Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. And I want to read these scriptures coming from, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the King James because I, I love this one. I, I love several translations, so don't think I'm held up on it, but I... I uh, I like this one, too. I learned a lot of my memory verses from the King James. That was back before they started coming out with all the different translations, you know, and uh, never mind. But that, that's, that's, a good, that's a good one, and I, I love different versions, so don't, don't get hung up on that. And it says this in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with, such, with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2, I want you to listen closely here. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Yeah. 
for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to speak to you for just a moment on the author's pen. The author's pen. Everybody say, do you got a pen? Look at somebody. Ask them if they have a pen. All right, y'all got a crowd participate, all right? You're not going to take it from them, but just ask them, do you have a pen, all right? The author's pen. Jesus is described as the author and the perfecter or finisher of our faith. In Hebrews chapter 12 and 2, it says, an author is an originator or creator as of a theory or a plan. The Greek word translated author in Hebrews 12.2 can also mean captain, chief leader, or prince. This indicates that Jesus controls our faith. He steers it as a captain steers a ship and presides over it. Putting the two words together, author and finisher, now catch this part, we see that Jesus, as God, both creates and sustains our faith. As God, he both creates and sustains our faith. We know, we know that saving faith is a gift from God, not something we come up with on our own, and that gift comes from Christ, our creator, amen? In Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 9, it says this, for by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, if God is the author, and he's the finisher. That means he starts it, and he finishes it. Pretty simple, right? He creates it. I, I love an author. I love someone who can sit down and write a story, and tell a story, and put it together. How many like a movie that just has a good twist in it? You know, you, I, I did not see that coming, you know? Uh, now, if you watch Hallmark movies, you know how that's going to end, but if, <laughs> oh, I knew I had some Hallmark watchers in here. I knew we did. But if, if you watch some movies and there's always a twist and you didn't see it coming, it, it's because it's the power of the author's pen. He can take a story and you can think it's going one way and then all of a sudden it goes a different way. You know, uh, growing up, I was a big fan of the Batman and the Joker. Don't hold it to me, but I, I, I liked it because Batman was the original deal. I mean, he didn't have these fake superpower things. He was, he was the, see, the, he liked Batman too, don't you? That's right. And so Batman just had all these cool gadgets, and, and he, could, he could just make it happen, you know, with all, all the stuff. But if you'll notice in, in some of those storylines and some of those movies, Man, Batman, he would get in a situation and all of a sudden it looked like the Joker had the upper hand, right? They'd come up with some kind of potion, some kind of poison, some kind of something, and it took him off balance and it looked like the Batman was out. But all of a sudden in the story, some way, somehow, the story would take a turn and Batman forever, right? Batman, <laughs> Batman would come back. And the story would end so awesomely, you know? And, and that's what I love about that. I love in the scriptures, there's so many amazing stories. How about Daniel in the lion's den? Man, Daniel loved God. He was so committed to serving God and praying for God. And in the storyline, somebody came up with something to put a plot against them and got with the king. And then all of a sudden, man, Daniel is finding himself being cast into a lion's den. It looked like it was over for Daniel. It looked like there was no hope for Daniel. But all of a sudden, 
the author of the story writes another chapter. And Daniel comes out of the lion's den victoriously. I like stories like David and Goliath, how it looked impossible, there's no way. But the author, you guys are starting to catch on, the author began to write another chapter in that story and Goliath, and Goliath was defeated. I don't know about you, but like Job and his story, he was a man after God, man. He, he, was, he was a righteous man, but all of a sudden things began to fall apart in his life and he began to lose things in his family. And I mean, it, it just became to a place where his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? But Job, with his faithfulness to God, he says, look, I don't have the pen to my story. Man, I felt that one. Oh, my. He said, Job, now, it's not in the Bible, so if you're looking for this, I'm just adding to it. But he said, I don't have the pen to my story. His wife said, well, look at all this stuff that's happening to you. Why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just take the pen and finish this story? But he says this. He says, I looked behind me, and I could not find God. I looked in front of me and I couldn't find him. I looked to the left and I couldn't find him. I looked to the right and I couldn't find him. But when he finds me, he will find me faithful. Job was saying, I don't have the pen to my story. But however this story ends up, I'm going to allow God to keep the pen to my story. And whatever chapter he wants to write next, I'm going to stay faithful to his word. That's a good time to clap. Thank you, brother. Amen. God bless. He has the pen to our story. I, I like when you get into the, into the New Testament, when Jesus would come upon the scene, and he would come as God's only begotten son. I mean, his story is amazing. It, it, you, you thought he would come with, with angelic angels and, and all of this you know, royalty, but he came as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and later he would be taken to the cross and be crucified for our sins as, as that lamb, as that price. He paid the price for us that we don't have to be bound by sin, but we could be free forever. And it looked like the story was over. He's on a cross and now they're putting him in a tomb. But how many know that the author and the finisher of our faith was just getting started? Amen. And Jesus would come out victoriously. And now he's here today to save our souls by his grace. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? I look on down in scripture and you see Paul and Silas, man. God had done a transformation in Paul's life. He, he was Saul and he killed people. But then God wrote another chapter in his life and, and, and made him Paul. And then Paul later would do so many great things for God and his story be, just began to unfold as God began to write another chapter in now Paul's life. But they're sitting in a prison cell, him and Silas. They've just been trying to do the work of the ministry. They've been beaten and whipped, but how many know as they begin to praise God at midnight, in their darkest hour, in the moment they didn't understand, how in the world can two men who love God, who are about the work of the ministry, has been, has been pushed out by everybody around them, know everybody, these guys have been beat and whipped and put into a prison, how in the world, at the darkest moment of their life, can they begin to praise and to begin to sing God, to sing to God? Because see, it looked like in the chapter, this wasn't going very well for them. It looked like, man, don't they know I serve on Sunday? Don't. 
Don't they know I, I help out? I've been here. I've been doing this. Don't they know who I am? See, this is the difference between you having the pen and God having your pen. This is the difference between you knowing who's writing your story or if you're writing your story. I want to talk to you about the author today. He is one, he says, if you will submit and you will say, God, I want you more than anything, you'll be able to praise him in your darkest hour. And so Paul and Silas begin to praise him and begin to sing praises because they're saying, I don't know how this story ends. I don't know what the next chapter is. All I know is my God is good and he's good all the time and I'm going to praise him in spite of the circumstances. I'm going to praise him in spite of the pain because I know he's writing my story. And at midnight... An earthquake came and the prison shook and their chains were loosed and and things turned around because the author took the pen and wrote another chapter for Paul and Silas. These are great Bible stories. You see so many throughout scripture, even from the children of Israel, how they were leaving Egypt and they got up against the Red Sea. Now it looked like it was over. It looked like God had done messed up. How many's ever felt like, don't raise your hand on this because we are in the church. How many's ever felt like God has messed up? God, don't you know? I brought all these people out here, and now Pharaoh's coming against us, and there's nowhere to go, and we're surely gonna die. Oh, God, what are you doing? You know what he's doing? He's writing another chapter. He's about to make a way. I felt my preacher coming on. He... (laughs) I don't have an organ today, so I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) Hold on, I'm trying to concentrate. (laughs) He said, I'm about to write another chapter. I'm about to make a way out of no way. How many needs God to make a way out of no way? How many this morning says, God, I'm up against the Red Sea, and I need you to make a way out of no way for my life, for my family, for my future? You know what? He can do it today if you give him the pen of your story. Allow him to be the author and the finisher of your faith. Allow him to create it and to sustain it. And so you'll see miraculously, of course, the Red Sea opens and they go across victoriously because God is in control. He's the author and finisher of your faith. I remember I went through a time in my own life, oh, a lot of times in my own life, and I remember one time in particular as something was going on and I was in ministry, I was a youth pastor for a lot of years and some transition was going on and, and, and I had been done wrong. How many's ever been done wrong before? Yeah, I know, everybody has, Amen. And I'd been done wrong, and I really had been done wrong. And so, man, I was kind of a fence. And then all of a sudden, I carried that offense for a couple weeks. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Because what's ahead of me is more important than what's behind me right now. I understand that he's got the pen of my story. So whatever chapter he wants to write next, I'm going to let him write it. And so people say, well, Judge, what are you going to do? I mean, man, what they did to you. I mean, what are you going to do? And I finally, I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to live what I preach. Because it's easy for me to tell you how to do it. It's easy for me to tell you how to walk through it. It's easy for me to tell you, but sometimes you got to walk through it yourself. God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know how the, I don't know how this story is going to (laughs) twist. 
I don't know if the Batman's going to make it. <laughs> but the good news is, in the Bible, we know how the story ends. And so, you know, I, I had to live what I preached. And you know what? God miraculously turned that situation around, and I found myself preaching the gospel on television around the world just a few weeks later. And that's how God just begins to turn things around. Miraculously, he does things we can't even imagine if we'll trust him and allow him to have that pen as the author of our life. There's a story of a young man who really had on his heart to be a missionary to Africa, and he got the call one day to go. And so, man, he was the day, and they were excited, and they were headed to Africa, and they got there, and come to find out his wife could not take the climate. It was too bad on her health, and they prayed about it, and, and reluctantly, he came back to the States, very disappointed, but he, very heartbroken, but he determined to make all the money he could to be used for spreading the kingdom of God all over the world. His father was a dentist and had, had started to make an unfermented wine for communion services. The young man took the business over and developed it until it assumed vast success. And today, he has given literally hundreds of thousands of dollars to the work of missions. You may have known by Welch, whose family still manufactures grape juice today. But God turned it around for him. When he felt like, man, I have missed it. This is not what I had planned. This is not what was in my story. This is not what I thought would happen. But God has a way of working around for our good. Today in this celebration church, as I was praying last night and I, I said, Lord, what, what, what do you want to impart into this sanctuary today? And I know you do the night of hope, and, and that's wonderful, and that's right on. But I, I saw like a vacuum, that this church would be like a vacuum, that you know how a vacuum sucks up dirt. That's what they tell me anyways. No, I'm just kidding. How a vacuum sucks up dirt. That this church would be a vacuum for hopelessness for men and women. Hopelessness for men and women. To suck that hopelessness out of the hearts of men and women and to give them hope. And that's what I felt in this place this morning. Some of you that came in here today, I wanted to simply encourage you and to drop this word into your spirit that God is not done with your story. Your story is not over. Your story is not over. I don't care your age, I don't care your ethnicity, I don't care your circumstances, your financial status, your story is not over because why? He is the author and he is the finisher of your faith and he's going to do what he said he will do, he will perform his word and he does not lie. Now let's be honest. It's not all of us that mess our story up. We've messed our story up. I've messed my story up. I've said, well, wait a minute, God. I've got the talent. I've got the looks. Let me, let me have that pen for a minute. I want to write my own story a little bit. Let me add a few lines in there because you, you didn't ham it up enough. So let me, let me put a little, 
let me put a little in there, God. So, yeah, let me add that in there, and uh, let me add this in there. And, yeah, big house too, God. Let me add that in there. And, uh, yeah, that'll be good. You're laughing because it's true. And so we say, God, let me have the story. And so sometimes we've messed our story up. Sometimes our story has took a turn and it wasn't even God's plan. It wasn't his purpose. It wasn't what was divinely appointed for your life. And that's why we're in the mess we're in today, right? We've all been there. We've messed up. We've said things we shouldn't have. We've done things we shouldn't have. We've been places we shouldn't have. We've all done it. Welcome to church. Y'all thought we was all spiritual and all perfect. We only serve the one who is. We're only the ones striving for perfection, which that word perfection in the scripture means maturity, to grow. But it's not just us that have messed our stories up. It's circumstances. Circumstances have wrote a chapter in our life. Situations, uncontrollably. Sickness sometimes has wrote a chapter in our life. Tragedy sometimes has wrote a chapter in our life. These circumstances are unavoidable. That they, 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 they write chapters in our story, stories that we never thought would be part of, of, our, of our story, things that we never thought would happen. And so I'm reminded of one time when that little guy, our first son, we, we were in our new little house, and we were young married, and we had you know our, first, our firstborn son. That sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Our firstborn son right there. And uh, he, was, he was feisty, the little feller. I mean, he, he was everywhere. And um, so he was always into something, and, and uh, uh, you know, one time he wanted to watch cartoons, and, and uh, mom said no, and uh, so he ran outside the house. And so she went chasing him, because he's only about this tall, you know. Well, he made it back around to the house before she did, went inside, locked the doors, and was sitting on the couch watching TV. <laughs> I get a call at work with a mama who was not happy, because her keys were inside, too. And he's just enjoying those cartoons while mom has locked out the house. So I just wanted to set the stage for that. But he, one day he had wanted something on top of a, an armoire or dresser type thing. It was kind of a tall dresser in his room. He pulled out all the drawers trying to climb up on it. And, it. and it got top heavy when he got up there. And we were in the other room. And all of a sudden we heard this big in the room. Man, of course, we jumped up, ran into that room. And to find him with that dresser on top of him. And I looked at that, you know, I'm a young parent and seeing the baby, of course, I immediately grabbed the dresser and pull it off of him. He's startled, but he wasn't really crying or anything. And what had happened was the dresser had fell, but it caught the corner of the bed. And so it didn't, it didn't crush him on him. And so right then I began to question, well, God, why? I, I don't know why that would happen. And of course, I should have screwed it to the wall, but uh, he said, <laughs> so, well, why did that happen? And I felt the Lord speak to me, young parent, first little baby. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I never promised that the dresser wouldn't fall. I just promised if it does, I'll protect him. And so sometimes circumstances happen. Sometimes situations happen outside of our control, things we don't understand. People pass, people go, people die, people yeah, we, we don't understand. But all we know is to trust in God because he is the author and the finisher of our faith and his promises are yes and amen and he will take care of every circumstance. He didn't say all things would be good. Let me help you this morning. He didn't say all things would be good. He just said I would work it for your good. 
I'm going to turn it for your good. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. He's working some things for your good today. Saying, Judge, I don't know why I got here. I don't know why my story is the way it is today. But I want to tell you today, hopelessness is being sucked out of this room. There's a new day. There's a new season. I want to tell you something. You say, Judge, I have messed the story of my life up so much. The chapters of my life, I have just really got off track. And I could just feel in the Spirit today, the Holy Spirit, if you will surrender to him and say, God, please take back the pen of my life. Please write another chapter. I just felt like the Holy Spirit just taking out that and putting it behind and say, okay, we're going to write another chapter. It's a brand new day. I'm going to do a new thing in your life today. He's going to work some things for your good about a turnaround. I know divorce is not easy. I know circumstances come. I know losing a job is not easy, but he's the author and finisher. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to allow him to have the pen and write the next chapter because he is the finisher of my faith. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. A scripture I want to lay into your spirit this morning is Isaiah 43 and 19. This scripture says, behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, and shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in your desert. How can he do that? Because he's God. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. I know there's a lot happening in the world, but don't worry. He said, in this world, you'll have troubles and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's overcome sickness. He's overcome tragedy. He's overcome our foolish mistakes. He's overcome our, uh, our circumstances that were out of our control. He's overcome abuse, and he's overcome divorce. He's overcome these things, and you're saying, God, if you can take my mess, I'll let you make a message. I've been through a test, but God, I'm ready for a testimony. <laughs> Today's my day. I surrender all. God, I need you more than anything. See, I love the presence of God and, and these types of worship and this band that did so well today. This is so significant when you come into the house because it's saying, God, I'm getting rid of myself and I'm saying, God, I want more of you today because I need you to write my story. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I need you in my life right now. And you know what? He will answer. He is there to write your story. So in closing this morning, I know we've had a good time and I know we've shared some things, but I hope you'll take this simple message into your hearts this morning to know that your story's not over. He's about to do a new thing. And if you would this morning, I know you're comfortable, but if you would stand to your feet in this room and, and I, I just want you to know today that we love you and we're all God's children and today if this is your first time visiting and you're, you're like, who's this crazy screaming preacher up there? Well, listen. I just get a little excited because I'm at Celebration Church and I can't help myself because Celebration Church is not a depressed, hopeless church. You're saying, Judge, well, our church been through a lot. Yeah, and God's got the pen and he's writing a new story. <laughs> he's writing a new chapter. It's a breakthrough. It's a new day. There's refreshing coming. There's change happening. You're already seeing the signs and the turning and the shifting. And so we got to trust him in it that God is doing a new thing, a refreshing thing. 
because it's not over. It's just beginning. Don't you love the power of God? How he can make a way out of no way? You know, it's amazing through scripture how God always takes little and makes much. He loves doing that. Isn't that awesome? He could pull from any resource he wanted, but he likes to confound the wise. He likes to do things that don't look possible. Because with men, it seems impossible. But with God, got a few saints in the house, amen. All things are possible. We don't have to be religious, folks, amen. All things are possible with God to him who believes. And so that's what I want you to get in your spirit today. Get it in your spirit that God wants to use you. If you're here and you're a member of this church, man, God wants you to get planted in. To get part of this VIP dinner if you haven't been part of it yet and say, I want to serve. I want to be part of that vacuum that so, sucks the hopelessness out of people's lives. I want to be one of those that, that serves in the body of Christ. I'm not looking for something to happen. I want to be, I want to be what's happening. I, I want to be part of the story. Amen. How many know that we're not waiting on God? He's just waiting on us. You know, I found a key to a successful marriage, successful finances, successful ministry. You guys want to hear it? You're like, yeah, tell us. Yeah, we want to know. Well, you get my 12-step book. No, I'm just kidding. I found a key. And it's simply in Scripture. It says this. I must decrease. And he must increase. Solves marriage problems. Solves financial problems. Solves church problems. <laughs> well, it does get that flesh under subjection say God here am I use me if I got to open the door if I got to work the parking lot or sing up whatever you want me to do whatever you I'm here to serve because I'm part of that team that's bringing hope to the hopeless to bring in life to the lifeless to bring in joy to those that are sad to seeing those that are lost saved so you're saying judge my marriage is on the rocks been suffering with oppression whatever it may be today he's more than enough he's more than enough it's not just a church cliche but the power of the holy spirit is present in this place right now and he is more than enough for whatever you need if i went around this room this morning every one of us have something that i've talked about today you have some kind of circumstance some kind of situation something that's present in you something that's causing worry in your spirit something that's that's down on you so maybe it's a fence that you're carrying i don't know we're all human we have things look at somebody and say no don't say that we we have we have things we're people. We're humans. But that's why we serve a God. That's why we worship together. That's why we find a body of believers to, to encourage one another in, that we hear the word and we grow in the kingdom of God together as a body. We lift one another up when one's down. We encourage each other. We bless one another. We open our doors for the, those who are far from God and say, come, 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 come. Come be part of a family. That's what we do. It's celebration. And so I believe today, you know, there's so many ways we could close this service today, and, and, I, and I want to be sensitive to that. But my first thing in my heart today, of course, we're going to give an altar call. And I'd be glad to pray with you. I, I really will. And, and I'm excited about it because I know God's going to do something. And, and we're going to pray a corporate prayer in just a moment. And, and I believe it's the word that changes people's lives. 
We can fall on the floor. We can shout all day. And those are wonderful. And those are, re- those are, are responses to the power of God. And we all respond differently. That's okay. And I love that. And, 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 and I hope it happens. I hope more of the power of God just rests in here and, and settles in us. But it's the word that does the work. When the power of the word is taught and preached, it's what changes and transforms life. And so however your response is to God, you don't have to feel any pressure to do what somebody else does. You, it's between you and God. You may be a reserved, kind of quiet person. Of course, my dad used to teach. He's a pastor, and he used to tell me, he said, when, when one guy said, well, well, preacher, I'm not emotional. My dad would say, well, I want you to meet me right outside after church. I'm going to slam your hand in the door of the car and tell me if you're not emotional. That's not really nice, but it's true, right? Of course, it was a joke. He wouldn't really do that. So, Because it is inside of us to say, God, hey, I need you right now. I need you more. And so uh, I know I made you stand a long time. I'm sorry, but I want to pray with you right now. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're saying, I came into this church today, and I, I don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord. He's the one that wants to write the chapter in your story. He came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And man, I would love the privilege. I would love the privilege at Celebration Church on this Sunday morning to say, hey, here's an invitation for you to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed in this room this morning, I I just want us to have a private moment. I know preachers, all preachers do this thing differently, but I I just like it because it just kind of shuts the crowd out around you and if you're having a hard time standing, you're, some of you I know may need to sit, but those of you can stay, remain standing. But if, if you're saying, today I, I hear what you're saying, preacher, and, and, and I need a change. I'm ready to give the pen of my story. I'm saying, God, I, I want to surrender all to you right now, and I need you to take full control of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And you're saying, I, I, that's me. I'm ready to recommit. Maybe today in this room you're saying, Judge, I I just feel distant. I've known Christ, but I've been kind of doing my own thing, and I'm ready to make a surrender. With heads bowed and eyes closed in this room, if you would, by faith this morning, if you would just say, hey, preacher, that's me, and I want you just to lift your hand as high as you can in this room and just say, hey, that's me. I I want, I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else to say, I see your hand. Say, preacher, I, I, I'm just wanting to make this. Lift your hand up. Let me see in this room this morning. I, I just want to make a commitment to you today. I see your hand today. I, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to pray. Thank you for those of you who raised your hand. And right where you are, we're going to give another call in just a minute. But I want to pray for you. And I want everybody in the house to pray this with me. Would you pray with me? Those of you who raised your hand and those that are sitting around you, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for my sins. I repent today and I accept Jesus as my Savior and my Lord and I choose to follow Him. I allow Him to be the author and the finisher of my faith. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.